Welcome back, everyone, to another Dinging Corners. I am Nate, and we are here with Jimbo, and uh, pretty excited for today. We're recording late, late on a Thursday. It's 7.52 p.m. Central Time, 8.52 for Jimbo. I like it. I like it a little night game. I feel like like I'm on like ESPN, you know, Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah. It's a good vibe going right now. I like that. I like that. We we that's what we should do. We should throw up a real game and commentate it, commentate on it, and then get hired by ESPN to cover these baseball games. I don't know if they could pay us, dude. They, they wouldn't. I'd do it for free. Yeah, you right. I, I wouldn't do it for free for ESPN. Um, I'd do it for free for like some random small company, but ESPN, <laughs> they got enough money to pay me. Yeah, you're right. That being said, welcome everyone to another Ding Corners. So we got a couple things to cover today. We're going to go pretty quick. We don't have a ton of time tonight, so we're going to go pretty quick. And we've got a prospect or two to cover. And then a we usually cover a rookie, but I wanted to cover a non-rookie, rookie, non-rookie type of guy. He was a rookie last year. He's not a rookie this year, but he is blowing up. I want to talk about him. He's been close to my heart. He's much closer to Jimbo's heart. And then from there, if we have anything else that comes up, we will uh, we'll we'll converse about it while we're going. But otherwise, there's only two segments today: prospect chat and non-rookie chat for a pitcher. So I like it. Yeah. That being said, Jimbo, what should we start with first? Do you do you want to start with the prospect chat or do you want to start with the rookie chat? Let's do the rookie chat because I'm watching it and he's actually pitching right now, which makes it even more fun because he's actually doing pretty well tonight. I like it. Well, then let's start with the non-rookie rookie chat. You know, it's supposed to be a rookie. He is not a rookie, but we're going to start with it. And we are talking about Tarek Skubal, the third best top 100 prospect, the third best top 50 pitching prospect the Tigers had last year going into the year. I think he was ranked like 49th on MLB top 100. And there was Matt Manning in front of him and also Casey Mize, obviously Casey Mize, former number one overall pick. Tarek Skubal and Matt Manning was a first overall or first round pick. Tarek Skubal, on the other hand, was an eighth round pick or something like that from Seattle University. Shout out to the state of Washington. I will be moving out there next month to the state of Washington. So that will be uh, fun. Maybe I'll run into Tark Scooball in the off season or something. I don't know. But that being said, Tark, and we will, we will let Jimbo talk more about him because, you know, he loves his tigers and I wasn't meaning to grab a tiger this week. It just happened that before we were going live, I saw a tweet and I said, Oh yeah, I do want to talk about that guy. Scratch whatever else I was going to talk about. We're talking about him because he went the longest streak. Now, he's getting off some runs today, but he went the longest streak this year of innings pitch without giving up a run at 21 straight innings. 21 straight innings. It's basically three starts, seven innings each of giving up no runs, you know, or four, four or five inning starts type of thing. That's amazing to me for a dude who was the quote-unquote third best pitching prospect in his organization. He's 25 years old. He's really figuring it out. Jimbo has been a fan of his and he's been telling me, Hey, this dude's better than the others. And I've been there agreeing with him because screwball. And even, 
he's so good that like my my in-laws they watch baseball they watch the tigers uh my mother-in-law is a tiger fan and they'll watch and you know they don't know as much they don't watch as much baseball as i have or jimbo has but then they can watch target school ball and they can say to themselves oh yeah this dude like they were also on his train more so than matt manning or casey mize because of jimbo's favorite thing the eye test the, the eye test i love the eye test yeah and so like when you get a guy who the the advanced stats say yes when the guys that have watched a ton of baseball say yes and even when people that don't get to watch baseball a ton or didn't grow up watching baseball or who haven't been playing baseball for years and years and years watch it and say yes you're on to something pretty good and Tariq Screwball before tonight had a 2.22 ERA in 44 innings 50 strikeouts and he's given up three in three runs tonight so it's going to get a little bit worse but still you're getting 44 maybe 50 innings by the end of tonight of sub three era ball that's really good more strikeouts than innings pitched that's really good and only eight walks 50 strikeouts only eight walks only two home runs yeah the home run thing is a huge thing for him because he's a southpaw he throws heat um and you know anyone that throws you know he throws he throws real hard where anyone that throws to that velocity, it's usually the home run. Uh, usually they have home run issues. So with him cutting down the home runs to two is pretty awesome. At, but as we know, as the weather heats up, that could change. But he's just a I, – I mean, if I remember right, in college, he had some kind of arm issue, arm injury where he – I don't think he pitched his final year in college – so he kind of fell down the prospect board. And I remember mm -hmm. when they drafted him, they're like, hey, we don't know what we're going to get after he comes back from surgery. And I don't really remember what, what the surgery was off the top of my head. But these days, the anything with your arm, <clears throat> the surgeries are so, like, they've mastered them now that you actually usually come back throwing harder and throwing better. So a lot of times, like, it doesn't even scare – teams away anymore as long as you get you know you get it done early some kids are getting it trying to get it done early unless of course it's like a shoulder yeah that's a little bit more scary yeah or like a wrist you know something like but if it's talking like a ligament or anything like that mm -hmm. yeah, i don't know what they do if they put some like some extra wd-40 on it or something but they people <laughs> are coming back fine i remember danny what is his name danny salazar with the indians this dude was throwing like mid 80s high 80s or something Got it. Tommy John was coming back throwing like 98. And I remember sitting there in Toledo. He was playing uh, in AAA for the Indians. They're like, how is this dude throwing so hard? But as Nate would say, I digress. Or what is it you always say? Regress? I digress. I digress. Yep. I, yep. Uh, now, to be fair, sometimes I wonder how long these guys are playing with elbow pain and just not saying anything and have injuries to the elbow outside of just like, you know, general soreness and stuff where they've been pitching for years with elbow pain and then they finally get it cleaned up after it finally tears completely and, so you true. know, no elbow pain or something. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because you also brought up a kid, Matt Manny, for us, who uh, actually just went, uh, they just shut him down. He was on, I think, a rehab stint, um, but he wasn't doing too well. And then they, the, the announcers were like, he finally came in and admitted that his, his bicep was hurting. 
So he was trying to say he was fine. He was healthy and they couldn't figure it out. You know, his velocity down was all that. But then they said out of nowhere, he came in and he came in and said, Hey, you know, actually I, it, it does hurt. So they shut him down for probably a couple months. Um, but those guys, man, they, they'll try and hide it. You know, a lot of ibuprofen, a lot of, uh, the, the jelly stuff, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. And, so. and, you know, some of those guys like Freddie Peralta just came out of a start for the Brewers the other day, shoulder injury, going to be out multiple months. Not a, not like a bad shoulder injury, no surgery or anything, but like a problem enough to miss a couple months. And I got to imagine if you're them and you're like, all right, I've got Aaron Ashby right behind him. I've got Ethan Small behind him. Ethan Small currently has a. Whoa. Did you hear that? Uh, like reverb through my computer. Ethan Small has under two ERA in AAA this year. He had an under two ERA in AAA last year. Like the dude is ready to go. And then you have, you know, Josh Lindboom of all guys can take up spot starts if need be like you got guys where if you you miss time sometimes it's like i can't i can't miss time i've got other guys chomping at the bit for my job i can't miss time and then you push through injuries you shouldn't and you're getting more stats and you should just shut it down and keep and get healthy and then come back and fight for your job again happens a lot with those guys going through like arbitration or um you know contract years and stuff like that you see way more but that's why, like I always say, like these guys that get these big contracts, you know, they start naturally they start to decline because they don't they're not pushing through stuff like that where they're, you know, it, it's like, well, you know, it's guaranteed contracts where, you know, yeah, little nagging, little nagging, nagging yeah. uh, ankle injury or hamstring injury or oblique injury, and it's like, eh, I'm getting paid millions of dollars, so I'll just take this month off. Yeah. So. But no, Trey Scoobel, man. Oh my gosh! The one thing too that I love about him—he—he he, uh, he works fast, works real fast. Uh, it also helps a ton that he has Tucker. Uh, we have Tucker behind the plate, who's a, a you know previous Gold Glover, calls an excellent game, and our defense has uh, been a lot better for the Tigers. Um, and actually, with a lot of the injuries, like with an Austin Meadows and a lot of the outfielders, we've brought up a lot of these kids that cannot hit a ball. But do they can play the outfield? A Derek Hill, a Daz Cameron. That honestly, they're two like a greatly above average outfielders, mm-hmm. or greatly above center fielders. Even yeah, you it's always fun them. when you have center fielders that you get to then put in left and right field because it's like, oh yeah, this ball, this ball is likely not going to drop unless it's scolded. Especially in Comerica, where it's it's just there's so much so much room out there. Um, so, you know, all those t- type of things are kind of coming together, but man, it's Scubel, I love, I love our pitching staff that we have, uh, developing with the young arms, but Scubel honestly has the highest ceiling. Mize will be great, but Scubel has like the, that ACE just could be extremely dominant, but he also has a lower floor, uh, because he's more of just a slider fastball kind of guy. I like it. And for prices here, a Scooball. Purple Boma Chrome first from 2020 Purple Auto sold for 110. A Mojo Auto, which I'm interested in, just sold for $20 because I pulled one. I found six boxes of 2020 Bowman Chrome uh, Mega Boxes uh, back a couple years ago, right? And my two best hits were a Jason Dominguez and a Scooball. I ended up giving the Scooball away as a prize. 
or something. Um, but the Dominguez, I got a PSI 9 on, and I ended up selling for $90 at the National, which nowadays is a pretty good price. So yeah. shout out there. But uh, $125 for a green shimmer auto, $125 for a speckle auto number to $299. So it's one of those things where not a ton of auctions coming up in the last couple of days for these autos, but people are willing to spend money, but they're still not super expensive at all. I mean, we're talking a green SGC 9.5, May 24th, 165 bucks. Now, obviously, for those of you that don't know, SGC 9 is comparable to a PSA 9. SGC 9.5 is not comparable to a BGS 9.5 or a PSA 10. That's not how it works. This is a mint plus grade. BGS 9.5 is gem mint. PSA 10 is gem mint. SGC 10 is gem mint. I see a lot of people that say, you know, that that fall into the trap of thinking that a 9.5 is equivalent to a 9.5 or a 10 or something like that. Just specifically the other day when a guy's like, I just bumped a 9 to a 9.5 and I'm getting the same price. And it's like, or uh, from PSA to SGC, it's like, but it's like the same price and resale value. And they're like, yeah, because you just got basically the same grade. Mm-hmm. You know, so not everyone understands that. So remember that SGC 9.5, that's a mint plus. SGC 9, PSA 9, BGS 9, that's mint. BGS 9.5, PSA 10, SGC 10, that's gem mint. I feel like you can make a t-shirt out of that. I should. Dude, that would actually be cool. Sell it. Make millions off of this very niche (laughs) t-shirt. Well, moving on from Scooball, or Scooball, however you say it. Tariq Scooball. How? Tariq Scooball. I always say Tariq. Tar- Did I say Tariq? You said Tarek. 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 Tariq. Teriyaki. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right. Well, we move on. Absolute beast this year. And we move on to our prospect section. Jimbo, did you find a prospect? I sure did. Good, good, good. Well, then uh, would you like me to go first or do you want to go first? How about this? I'll go first because he is in the uh the system of one of your favorite players or one of your favorite teams can we guess which one is that but not the brewers no no yeah well sarcastically oh no is it a cardinal <laughs> i don't know what it is but there has been so many cardinals players to talk oh. about. <laughs> dude i and feel your not, pain man it's not one one yepes it's not one yepes but I did see he was like already third in the uh, the odds for rookie of the year, which is just crazy. Really? Uh, but we digress. Yeah. But here we go. I'm going to bring up a guy that I've actually been watching for a while here this year because he's a very interesting one. Mason Wynn. Oh, Mason Wynn. Hey, that's that's. Mason Wynn, the pitcher or Mason Wynn, the shortstop. Which I one? knew I knew you were going to like this one because of that. But here's the thing, though. This he season, this year? Uh, he, he stopped pitching this year and just straight focused on hitting, which this is what makes it even more fun. So he's a 20-year-old. 20-year-old, he's down in uh, Peoria. I don't know if I said that right. Peoria, Illinois. There we go. So what league is that? One of my favorites. Midwest High League. A. Midwest League, high A, for sure. 
Um, so he was out there hitting in the cold. So he actually just got called up to double A uh, like a couple days ago. And he had he's only been up in double A for one one game. But in the 33 games that he was down in high A as a 20-year-old, he hit. He had 129 at-bats. He had his batting average was 349. On-base percentage of 404. Slugging 566. Drum roll. OPS 970. I know you love the OPS. I know that's not above the 1,000, but... Well, it's hard. It's very hard to get your OPS above a thousand. Exactly. In the nine hundreds, in the eight hundreds, impressive. In the nine hundreds, doubly more impressive. Mm-hmm. And they have them listed at shortstop. I don't know if I'm, I'm. I'm sure that they they're playing them at short, but maybe not. You know, a lot of times they they list everyone as a shortstop, every infielder. Yeah. That young. Move them. Move them. But the fact that he's put that young, 20, 20 year old, that's pretty young. Uh, in high A and already in double A. He also had 15 stolen bases caught. Wow. Cero. Now, I, that's not the right guy. I will say this. I am a little bit disappointed that that they they stopped him from pitching because I did think that was kind of like a nice little boost for his card value is, hey, if he's a really good, now, obviously, it's hard to do both. There. There's only really going to be one Shohei Otani. You can see that with um, the Rays, the Rays kid. I can't think Libitor. of his name right now. What? Is it Libitor? Or no, Brandon, Brandon McKay? Brandon McKay, thank you. You can see that with him. You know, it's hard to do both. That being said, I thought there was like a nice little, especially in a, while he was in A-ball, a nice little positional like bump in value if he's playing shortstop hitting well and then also pitching randomly i thought that would have been a nice like yeah hey this dude's super interesting price bump type thing but i'm okay with him you know obviously focusing on hitting because he's clearly a pretty stinking good hitter 20 years old in double a yeah we'll take that and it's just incredible because like Think about like if you're an accountant, if you were to do an entire entire day's work to learn accounting and then also doing like, I don't know, being like an artist, like trying to do both of those during the same day that mm-hmm. would say, and you don't know anything, like you're still learning to do both of them and you're start trying to learn to do both of them, but at the like a very high level, like when you like, you know, we watch a game and like we just see the three hours during the game. These players are there, you know, five hours before, you know, two hours some or an hour or two after doing things to get themselves better. So the fact that, you know, they have to do both is just incredible. Like, I've never seen it before, personally, like firsthand. So I, I, that just makes, you know, the Otani stuff even more just incredible. To be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it kind of breaks your brain because it just doesn't – everything you know about sports is – you want to be good at something, you have to focus on it solely, completely and entirely. You want to be good at basketball, you got to quit football, you got to quit baseball, you just have to focus on basketball, which is why like, you get those dudes that are pretty good at a couple things in college, and they're like, when he gets to baseball and just focuses on that, he should blow up. Um, yeah. And 
you get a guy like Otani that somehow can do both at a very high level. Is he the best hitter in baseball? No. Is he the best pitcher in baseball? No. No. But is he top 15, top 20 at both? Yes. And that's just incredible. I, I, yeah. It, so. it it's insane. As for Mason Wynn, this dude, it's interesting because they give him a 60 future value at, at Fangraphs for raw power and 50 game power. And right now, I I I wonder, you know, how do they rank that? Because like from an extra base hit perspective, he's doing really well. In 34 games this year, he has 11 doubles, seven triples, one home run. That's 19 extra base hits in 33 games. The cause for concern is, of course, the one home run. He had five home runs last year in 97 games, which is more than half a season. You know, so you're you're on pace for under 10 home runs in a season this year in 34 games, which is a fourth, a fifth of the season, a fifth of the season, we'll say. You know, he's on pace for five home runs. So, like. The over-the-fence power isn't there, and yet he has 11 doubles and seven triples. So you know, are we going? Are is this the type of guy that it just if if he's hitting the gaps with his hits and just piling on doubles, piling getting triples when he can? Um, is this the type of guy where like people probably might not care about the over-the-fence power if he ends with five home runs but 60 extra base hits because he had. 45 doubles and 10 triples. Will anybody care about the extra bait over the fence power? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I'm very curious how they they come up with that. And I I wonder if it's more like the analytical, like the the launch angles and all that new stuff. Yeah, because it's not Uh, like he's like, he's he's already 5'11", 180 pounds. Yeah. Is there a lot of weight left to put on that frame? I don't know. He's not getting any taller. If he was like 6'1", 170, or 6'2", 170 shortstop, I'd be like, yeah, there's a lot more weight to put on that frame. He could get up to 6'2", 205 and be hitting bombs. But 5'11", 180, if you get up to 5'11", 200, you're going to be too bulky for a shortstop. Yeah. No, I agree. And Nate, guess what? Here's another interesting that I think, uh, another interesting fact that I think you'll like. His Bowman first, he doesn't have autos, which... I have been doing more and more research on this lately because ever since Brady House, mm-hmm. and I realized he didn't have autos. And then, like, his stuff is just going nuts, like, because there's just half, basically half the print run of his Bowman first stuff because there's no autos. There's, it's a sneaky play with guys like this, like a Mason Wynn. If they don't have autos, man, there's just not a lot out there. Um, and, uh, I think if you can get in early on that before people realize that they don't have autos, not just a Mason win, but just players in general, I think that's a play in itself. Yeah, we're talking refractor for $10. Another refractor for $15. Uh, $15. 15 Like, these are the type of cards that if he becomes a top prospect, $30, 40 bucks all day long. Yeah. And he, these are the guys, like, if you guys are, if people are going to shows and stuff, these are the guys people throw in value boxes mm-hmm. that no one knows about. I'm telling you, just if you make do your research and you just keep players in your like in the top of your head, and you're going through stuff and not being like, whoa, 
like having to look up every card, you can find some some steals. Major deals. Major deals. And Mason Wynn, true to form, no auto. Got, like Jackson Churio before him, you know, actually Jackson Churio was second, 2022 compared to 2020. But I like it because if there's no auto, you don't really have any other option. You got to go for color or refractors and stuff and get them graded SGC, you know, get them graded that's, cheap. That's what I would do. And it, it works pretty well. I know a lot of people poo-poo on, on non-BGS, non-PSA, but I'm telling you, the amount of money we've made on SGC graded cards because you just can't grade a $10 Bowman Chrome Refractor with with PSA for $50, but you can for SG, with SGC. You can make money. Yeah. Uh, as for my prospect of the week, and we'll keep this pretty quick because, you know, true to form, I said, Jimbo, we're going to cut out some things, keep it to 30 minutes, and yet we haven't even hit my prospect, and we're already at 25 minutes here. Uh-oh. Um, give or take some editing on my part might end up being a little bit below that. If you're listening and saying what he's only at 24 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, so keep that in mind. But my guy is Jacob Amaya. The Dodgers have done it again. They're very frustrating. I dislike them because not only do they have the money, but the smarts 11th round pick in the 2017 draft, Jacob Amaya. 23-year-old shortstop. Before this year, he's never really hit for power. Um, His career high in home runs was 12 last year. And he was like a uh, walk somewhat close to his strikeout percentage. 16, 15% walk rate, 17, 18% K rate. Then last year, he was a 10.9% walk rate, 21.6% K rate, and he only hit 216 with a 303 on base and a 343 slugging in Double A as a 22-year-old. Well, he's come back. He's repeating Double A as a 23-year-old, and what has he done in the early going? He's hit 315 with a 420 on base percentage. Shout out 420 and a 653 slugging percentage. He has nine home runs in 34 games, 150 at-bats, or plate appearances. He had 12 home runs in 476 plate appearances last year, nine home runs in 150. He's walking 16% of the time, and he's only striking out a measly 12% of the time. He's walking 4% more than he's striking out. That is like, if a guy is striking out 20, like 1, 22, 23% of the time and walking 10% of the time, I like that guy. If a guy is walking like 16% of the time and striking out like 16% of the time, I love that guy. Like, sign me up. If a dude is getting to a level and walking 16% of the time and striking out 12% of the time, that's uber impressive. Like, insanely, insanely hard to do, insanely impressive. And so I'm I'm excited to see what he does. I'm not excited enough to go spend money on him because he's already expensive and I don't usually invest a ton into Dodgers um, just because I think there's just too much there, too much talent. People kind of forget about guys on the team, no matter who you are. That being said, if this power, if this power spike is real and we don't know if it, it is going to be, it could just be a lot of luck in the early going of the season. But if, and if this power spike is real and he goes on to triple a, because I need to see him away from double a, he's repeating double a, 
Mm-hmm. When guys repeat levels, especially at an advanced age of 23, which is ridiculous to say because 23 is not old, but once you get into baseball, it's like, oh man, 23-year-old prospect, ancient. If we can get him to AAA and this power spike stays and he keeps the walk and the strikeout rates really good, you're looking at a star. If we get to AAA and it was just, hey, I'm repeating the level, I'm ready for this, and he he struggles, then it's like, all right, you know, same kind of expectations we had before. Maybe a bump higher because he is showing some power, but and he has a good eye at the plate and he can play shortstop. But if he gets to AAA and still shows that power and is still hitting well and still has those insane walk to K rates, and it doesn't have to be 16 to 12%. He's had years where he had 15.7% and 17.7%, you know, 17.4% walk rate, 18. 13.6 walk rate, 17.9% K rate. Like anything in that range within a given four or five percentage points, that's really good uh, to me. And if he can keep that, you have a star. But until I see it in AAA, I'm not really willing to bet on it because this is a dude repeating double A with nine and, and is showing the first power of like his career. And on top of all of that, because I was actually reading about him last week, uh, some article I read, his defense is like stellar, which will – we talked about that last week. It will keep him in – In lineups, in games, yeah. and keep him employed. Uh, even if even if you're just a utility guy, utility guys have very long careers if they can play really good shortstop or if not really good shortstop, passable shortstop and a really good third base, second base. You know, you get you get very long careers. Look at uh, Jimbo's guy, Hernan Perez. Yes. Had a very long career as a major leaguer because of his defense at multiple positions. Brett Phillips is currently in the midst of having a long career for having occasional power, being a really good clubhouse guy, and also being really good defensively in the outfield. I had one of the three of those. Good clubhouse guy. I I was like, what? Um, So, Jacob Amaya, I just wanted to bring him up because he is obviously super-duper interesting. I just want to give a word of caution. Repeating double A, big point. First time he's shown power, big point. But if he gets up to triple A and he still has that power and he's already shown good eye at the plate, star. If he gets to AAA and he doesn't have that power anymore, you know, we're still a major league player, but we're probably not worth $180 for a Bowman Chrome Blue Auto or $50 for a Mega Box Auto, $41 for a PSA 9. So, you know, I think people, I think if people were looking at these stats and saying this would do as a star, a PSA 9 base auto is not selling for $41. You know, it's way more than that. So I think everyone's on the same page as me. I just want to bring it up just to make sure that people keep that in mind when they're looking at prospects like this. Hey, if he hasn't shown power before and he's repeating a level, make sure that you can find a second example of this power. And that will be go up a level, do it again. Yeah. You know what I was just, I know we didn't bring this up, but now that you're saying, like I I was sitting here just thinking a little bit. The Dodgers are a really interesting team because they are a very loaded lineup. 
and they have their key pieces. You know, you got Freddie that's going to be there for a while. You're going to have Mookie that's going to be there a while. They might sign Trey Turner for a long-term deal. Give oh, I got to imagine they will. Yeah, I think so too. That's why I think they, they didn't go with Seager. Yep. But then you have like your kind of your fringe with like your Max Muncie, your Justin Turner, you know, your Bellinger. Cody Bellinger. But they have so much talent in the minors. Like Miguel Vargas is going off again. Uh, you know, they have kids like this that um, – the, the kid you were just talking about, like they have, they have a lot of great talent down there. Michael Bush has been doing well. Cody Hose, Cody Hose. Um, yeah. Uh, number of, number of other guys all over the could, place. That if if they don't figure it out, like if they don't win it all this year, or like you know, let's say go to the World Series or something like, that, could we see a completely different Dodger lineup with a lot of the the you know the the pillars? but maybe move on from some of those guys because they've been so good about not giving big contracts. So in- here's an interesting question. Chelsea, uh, Dodgers owner just bought Chelsea. He has a lot of money, obviously, but it's not like unending money. I wonder if the Chelsea purchase maybe sets the Dodgers up for pulling back a little bit on payroll. And and says, hey, we can spend, you know, two hundred million dollars this offseason on payroll for Chelsea um, for the transfer window. But I'm going to take a hundred million away from the Dodgers or something, you know, and get out of some of those old contracts and get into some of these young guys. I could see that happening. I don't know if it will, but I could definitely see it happening, because if you're really rich, do you really want to spend five hundred million, six hundred million, seven hundred million dollars a year on two sports team uh payrolls man i wish oh. i had that that question be a real question to myself that would be so right? awesome but that, it, it's insane but honestly like i think they're you know i think it would actually make their team better because that's what's made that like you know they've they've taken on a lot of contracts that i feel like they took on to because they could like a david price and stuff yeah like to that. get a mookie and they could have been more strategic with that, but now, like you know, once they shed that, and instead of let's say you know some of this other you know the the contracts, they could give these young kids a shot, and honestly, you know, they could have that new crop of like um, uh, remember when like James Looney came up? They had the the who was the guy in center that would that should have won uh, MVP and Matt Kemp, yeah, Matt Kemp, and then the. the the guy next, uh, in right, right and left. Uh, man, I'm going blank. But remember how they all kind of like came up together back in like 2006, 2008. Uh, well, whenever anybody asks me about outfield, my mind instantly goes to Xavier Nady, Nate McLeod, and Jason Bay for the Pirates. Whoa. Like that was that was the pinnacle of outfield success in my childhood mind, or my teenage mind, or whatever, however old I was when they were all roaming the outfield for the Pirates. But I am trying to rack my brain, and I feel like they – was it like – did they have Alex Rios at one point, the Dodgers? I think every team did for a good yeah. uh, 15 years. But, uh, but I, can't, I can't remember I can't remember those Dodgers outfielders right now. But I don't know. That, that's just a wild thought. Another thing, Nate McLeod, before he became Nate McLeod up in the big leagues, when he was in AAA, every time he came, I would give him a chicken pesto sandwich from four uh, table – 419 or whatever table 419 across the stadium because I got one day and he's like that smells good he tried it 
He goes, that's the best chicken pesto sandwich I've ever had. So every time he came in, every game in Toledo, chicken pesto sandwich. Nate awesome. awesome. Nate McLeod, so good. Well, I uh, I don't know where the Dodgers go from here. I do think that it would probably make them a little bit more flexible if they went with the young guys. You know, you kind of you kind of stuck into, you know, Justin Turner's only playing first base. Max Muncy is probably only playing, or Justin Turner, third base, sorry. Justin Turner's only playing third base. He's not slotting over at second or, or shortstop, or he shouldn't, right? Doesn't have the positional flexibility. Um, Max Muncy's probably only a first baseman DH, even if they try him in the outfield for, for, on occasion. You get these younger guys in here, you can move them around, play matchups better, play lefty-righty matchups better because they can play different positions. Whereas you get these old guys and some, you know, some of them, they're going to be stuck. Like Freddie Freeman's just playing first base every day. Yeah. But Freddie Freeman can hit anybody. So it doesn't matter, but we'll see what happens. That being said, Jimbo, I think we've, uh, I think we've hit the end of the episode here. Let's go. Oh, I brought up the old, one of my first spring training uh, sweatshirts that I had when I was with the Tigers. Love it. Love it. Jimbo always got the, uh, always has the gear. Including, but not limited to, Pudge Rodriguez, oh. chest protectors. So, very cool. Jimbo, thank you for joining today. And everyone else, thank you for listening. We're recording here on a Thursday. You're listening on a Friday. So, I hope you all have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy the outdoors. Enjoy the sunshine. Drink some, drink some drinks and uh, eat some good food. And enjoy family time or friend time, whoever you got. And... Uh, Stay safe, everyone, and we'll talk to you again next week. Absolutely. See you, y'all.